before we start the word, let me just pray specially for the word. Why Fumi is projecting Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, King James Version. Heavenly Father, we give you praise. We thank you for today. Thank you for all you've done. Thank you for what you are doing. Thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for amazing testimonies, Lord. Thank you, Lord, as we're about to step into your word, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you take control of every aspect of the word, Lord. Think through my mind and you speak through my lips, Lord. That no external force, Lord, will check this word, but instead your word will come forth with power in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, for the multiplication of testimonies, Lord. That miracles, signs, and wonders will be evident in this place in the name of Jesus. Be that glorified for in Jesus' precious name we've prayed. Amen. So we're going to read. <laughs> this projector is interesting. We're going to read Romans 1, 16-17. Amen. Um, can we read together? 1, 2, 3, go. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And this is um, our uncle scriptures, uh, scripture, scriptures, two verses. And um, let me read with NLT here. Say, for I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, it is true faith that a righteous person has life. Amen. So, I'm going to go into the word. Permit my voice. Uh, I'm recovering from you know, a little bit of cold. Amen. So, something happened um, yesterday. Someone actually called me. Okay, Pearl is here. She was the one who called me. And she asked me a very interesting question and um, very nice question. I actually appreciate the question so much that, you know, I thought of, you know, sharing the answer with all of you. And the question was, if you read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, because it has to do with faith to faith. And then she was like, you know, there were certain things you said, and I read Hebrews 11, and um, something, like, it's not corresponding here. You keep making reference to the patriarchs of faith who obtained true faith, but yet the Bible is saying these people, especially in verse 13, 49, and um, 50 um, of Hebrews 11, these people didn't obtain all the promises. So what is the problem? And you say faith to faith, and we're... Is it, is anybody, I'm hearing some sound somewhere, amen. Okay, and um, we're supposed to accomplish all of this. So what is, like, what's the difference here? And um, why is it that their faith could not get them all they needed, amen? Is anybody following? Amen. Are you guys sleepy? Amen. Glory to Jesus, amen. Uh, if you're sleepy, wake, wake up, wake up. Tap your neighbor, tell your neighbor, wake up, wake up. Ah, even to tell your neighbor, wake up, you can't do it. Wake up, wake up. Let everybody clap your hands. Clap, 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 clap. Like, amen. All right. So, it's very simple. Because if you help me, like, your response actually is going to help me. If you're going to look down like this, then I'll end up giving you, uh, uh, no. Like, it should be better. The Bible says the part of the justice as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. That is, our today is supposed to be better than our yesterday and uh, tomorrow is supposed to be better than today. Amen. So it only gets better. So she asked me that question. Let's go to 39, sorry, 39 and 40. There's no 50, 49 in Hebrews. So the Bible, I'll, I'll use um, NLT here. It says, all these people earn a good reputation because of their faith. 
the end of good, like he had talked about Abraham, Isaac, everybody, Daniel, everybody. He said they earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. How can, like, these people, Abraham, Elijah, yet none of them received all, none. He didn't say some of them. He said none of them received all that God promised. And when you look at the scripture, like this is the same Bible who is, that is saying, no, by faith we'll get all of these things. And it's saying that they earned a good reputation by faith, yet not all of them received everything, received everything promised by God. We'll continue to read, for God had something better in mind for us. So, they didn't receive all because God had something better in mind for us. Now, so that they would not reach perfection without us. That is, Abraham could not attain perfection because of you. Like, because of all of us here. Abraham, Isaac, all of them could not attain perfection because of us. And so, we are very important. Amen. Now, why are we important? What has taken us to this point of importance is because of what? Because of the dispensation we are actually in. And dispensation in the sense that what? In the, in the, um, the sense that uh, because of what? The finished work of Christ. And that is what has qualified us for everything. And so, none of these people could attain perfection because of us, yet we can attain perfection. Why? Because of what Christ has done. I'll keep going. Now, verse 50 ends Proverbs 11, but if you read, continue, you discover it's actually a continuation into chapter 12. And let me keep reading chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the, lead, to the life of faith, rather, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. The champion who initiates, I'm going to come back to this word initiator, who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding the shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Now let me read it with King James Version, verse 2. We know it very well. Now looking unto Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so we are seated where? We are seated in heaven. We are seated in Christ. By where? Where? By the right hand of the Father. So Christ has done it all and is initiator of our faith, yet we are still seated in heaven. And so we are seated from a place of perfection. These people could not, they didn't attain everything God promised to them. But we have the opportunity to attain everything. As a matter of fact, he is telling us that we've attained everything already. And when we're talking about faith to faith, we're talking about from the place of the promise to the place of the realization here on earth. Amen. Is anybody going, uh, flowing with me? Now, Matthew chapter 11, verse 11. Assuredly, I say unto you, among those, of course, when you say assuredly, you know it's King James. Among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist, somebody said, why is John the Baptist so great? He was the one who baptized Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He was the one who announced, you know, he baptized, not just announced, but he saw Jesus. You know what it means to be the one to anoint somebody into ministry. So he 
release Jesus Christ. And so it said, there's nobody that is as great as John. Hold on, let's keep going. Now, he says, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. So anybody who is least, the fact that you are born into this kingdom, you are greater than everyone who had ever lived before. You are greater than Abraham. So sometimes when you see, when you read the Bible, I, I, the Old Testament is, is beautiful. You read so many testimonies. You see somebody, somebody like Elijah, who, tell, who said to the son, you know, stand still, you know, no rain and everything. And then some of us, wow, we look at these kind of stories. You hear of um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who actually stepped into, who they threw into the burning furnace, and they were not hot. And then these stories look, you know, impossible to all of us. Amen. It looks so great. But God is telling you that those people did not see anything. But he's saying those people, nothing. They didn't see anything. We ought to have greater miracles than these people. Do you greater testimonies than these people? Are we following? So, year of Moses, year of all of these people, we ought to have more testimonies than them. And the only way for us to see this is by what? Is by our faith. Because already it has been pronounced over our lives already that greater works would we do. Amen. And so for us to see the greater works, faith is important. And I'll keep reading Galatians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law, having become a cause for us. For it is written, cause is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So we receive, so this is a different dimension of faith that is at work in us. These people needed to strive. But for us, we are working from a point of perfection. Is anybody following? Do you understand what I'm saying here? Because at the end of the day, then why Jesus died? Because we are, we are operating from a place of life. Those people were operating from a place of death. They were all dead in the spirit. But now we have life in the spirit. Because the greater one is now we are living. No, God never lived inside anybody in the Old Testament. He started living inside all of us in this new dispensation. And so, when we believe in Christ, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not what perish, but what have everlasting life. So that life has been imputed into us. John chapter um, 22, verse 11, um, if, uh, maybe in the course of the sermon, if I'm wrong, I'll be able to correct myself. He says, and then he breathed upon, upon them. He breathed life into them. Say, ye receive ye the Holy Spirit, and they received that life, they were transformed into living beings, and so they were no longer dead. And so, because we now we are gods, we are like we are practical gods here on earth. So, every of God's testimonies is supposed to be our testimonies, the more we grow in Him. So, if God is creative, if we ought to be what creative also, and so just we are patterned like God. Because of what? We are God. He has created us in his image. I'm going to come to that place. So, this is the answer for that question. Uh, that is, these people did not experience all that God promised. Because of what? Because of us. Because God has created a system in which we would walk in perfection. But for them, that system was lacking at the time. They needed, if they sinned, they needed to kill. They needed to sacrifice things for them to be cleansed. But we are cleansed already. We don't need all of that sacrifice anymore because Christ has paid it all already and he has paid it in full. Amen. So, 
the main topic for today, which was supposed to be the topic for last week, talking about operational faith, that is faith in operation. And for us in TWC, we call it the cascades of faith. And talking about, you know, five steps, you know, these steps are just there for us, you know, for us to be able to engage faith continuously. Mark's Gospel, chapter 11, verse 22 to 24. The Bible says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. In God. The original put it, translation put it this way, have the God kind of faith. So when you say, have faith in God, have the God kind of faith. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that, sorry, I'm hearing a cold there. But believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, uh, chapter 10, verse 8 to 10. Romans 10, 8 to 10. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. With the, right, with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So, um, all these scriptures I've just read is to open something to us. Now, how do you know you're born again here? Amen. Uh, is there anybody who is born again here? Okay, just three people know they are born again. Are you born again? Okay. Who is not born again yet? Don't worry, I'm not going to kill you. Like, don't worry. Like, we're here to help each other. Okay, who is in between? looks like few people who raised the... Okay, anyways. Now, how do you know you're born again? Why would you say you're born again? You're born again by what? True faith, but what? What is the process in, being, in becoming born again? Acceptance of what? Accepting Christ. Declaring it with your mouth. Any, any other person... Anybody, anybody. Actually, I just read it in this scripture right now. Let me read it in, again. Romans chapter 10, verse 8 to 10. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. With the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So, the only thing that makes you born again, that is, you say to yourself that I'm going to heaven. The only criteria for you to be a citizen of heaven is by what? Believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. Sure, there's no other thing added to it. The other ones, we are the ones who make it difficult for ourselves. So, what, how many of us believe Jesus Christ died, he was buried, he rose on the third day and he's, he ascended into heaven? Anybody believe that? So, you believe that in your heart. How many of us have confessed this with our mouth before? Then you are born again. That's what makes you born again. No other thing. And so, you believe it in your heart. You know, the process. And this is faith walking here. And you confess with your mouth. So, now you are moving with that assurance that you are born again. Nothing. If somebody comes to meet you and tell you that you are not going to make heaven, you are going to laugh. For example, there are so many people who are scared when they hear about rapture. For me, I'm like, oh my God, like what, a, what an opportunity to, you know, to be alive and rapture will take place. 
But there are people who are scared of rapture because of what? Because they feel they are going to hell. I'm not going to hellfire. I'm like I'm a citizen of heaven. And see how it's not difficult. And that is the same way faith operates. That is, God has said something, you believe it, you confess it with your mouth. There's more. Amen. There's a process here. But um, which I'm going to open to all of us. Because if it's like that, that means, oh, I have 10 billion. I believe it. Where is it? And then that's why so many people, you know, so, so many people are disappointed in themselves. They think they're disappointed in God because they're like, oh, I thought God said this. But then there is a process which I'm going to give to us. Because believing sometimes itself is difficult. Amen. Believing, to believe something. You know, we all, before you became born again, you were operating from where? From the sensual, not from the revelational. Before you received Christ, before life came to you, you were operating from the sensual. What do I mean by the sensual? You are operating by what you could feel, touch, see, hear, and what? Huh? Uh, <laughs> the five senses are what? See, that is your eyes, yeah, your ears, smell, mm-hmm. taste, and what? Huh? Touch and feel. That is your skin. Amen. And that's what, like, it's more like, just for example, now, it, what did I do? I kicked you. You felt it inside of you. So, and we are so used to this. Amen. We are so used to it that it's usually difficult. Like, this is what we're used to. Sorry I kicked you like that. But, <laughs> like, we are so used to it that is, um, to a point, it is difficult to operate in a different realm. And so we must unlearn certain things and learn new things. Because now he is calling us from a place of sensual information to revelational information. Remember last week I told us that it's not as though the sensual information is useless. And I said, um, facts are not, uh, I, I said faith is not enemy of facts, but faith is there to influence, to transform fact by the truth of God's word, that is by revelation, and transforming it into a new reality. Amen. Is anybody flowing with me? Do we understand? Let me put it this way. We have this three friends. Okay, this three. Okay, at least this one is small. This one. Now, let's assume this is fact. This is red. Right now. This is red. And let's assume this is fate. Fact. And then this is the truth. Revelational information you receive. So, this is not a literal enemy of this. For example, somebody says, I'm sick. Right now. Like, it's not like a total enemy of sickness, but it is there to do what? It is there for this, like for faith, to convert, that is to take this one, to transform it, into to take it to this position. This, this is revelation information. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. Are, are we following? Or I'm conf confusing you. Amen. Look, this guy, it's just that they are not big. This guy is fat. That is a sick person. This guy is faith. This is revelation, truth. Now, these, these guys are not enemies to this because you were sick maybe for different, due to many, several reasons. And this guy is just here. 
to kick that sickness off and replace it with the truth, transforming this truth into your new fact. Do we understand what I'm saying? Is this clear enough? And so, it is a process. And I'm going to, like, this fit, it is a process. Let me go over to the five cascades that we operate here. The first one of them is what? Revelation. I'm going to go deep, you know, deeper into Revelation. I'm going to explain to us Revelation. After Revelation, that is the word you receive, Rema, and is what? You believe it in your heart. Then afterwards, you confess it with your mouth. Then the next one is what? You take action. Action is very important. That's where so many people fail. After action, expectation. Expectation is important. And after expectation, you get the result. As simple as it sounds, it's not really easy. There's a lot of work there because the more it increases, the more the task, the, what they call the name? The, not, not even complicated, um, the more engaging it becomes. When you watch a football match, for example, oh, they, they destroyed my team yesterday. When you watch a, a football match, for example, what are you seeing? You are seeing people who are playing the basics of football, but who have dedicated their time. It is still pass, pass, shoot. It's the same thing. There's nothing foreign they are bringing in. So it's the same thing. Just that these people have given their time, their life. They don't just eat anything. They keep on practicing. And that's why faith must be engaged continuously for you to gain certain results. There are some teams, you see the lineup, already you know if they might win or they will lose. Do you understand? Imagine if we gather the boys from here and we say we want to play against Juventus, for example. They're going to destroy us. Like, it's not faith anymore. Like, they're going to destroy because those guys have practiced the basics all their lives. And so we are meeting professionals. That is the same thing with faith. And that's why faith, we must grow in faith. And I keep, ex let me, now let's go to Revelation now, the first one, which I'm going to dwell more on today. And by next week, I'm going to give the remaining ones to us because um, I've given this before, but you know, this is what God is leading us. Revelation now. So, every faith is initiated by God. We don't initiate faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is God who initiates the process of faith. You, like, let, I'll say it again. Remember what it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says, it is Christ who initiates and finishes faith. And that's why the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? The word of God. Some versions put it this way, and hearing the word from God. And so for faith to start, you must hear from God. You cannot come and tell God to come and participate in something you've organized yourself. It must be the author of that. You cannot start, you cannot just go. He said, many have gone, but they were not sent. Do you understand? So he must be the initiator of everything. Let me give you for example. Do, do, do you were you the one who come down and explain to God why you need help? No. He was the one in the first place who said, Beloved, I wish above all things that that man's prospered and be in health, even as I so prospered. When you were a child, you didn't know what, what was called sickness. You do, it was not in your vocabulary. The only thing that was in your vocabulary is cry. That's the only thing. It was God who showed us the necessity of being in health. Or for a child, it's the parents 
will what express the necessity of being in health. Do you understand? So God is the, is God. It's like prosperity, for example, is not your plan. It is God's plan. Amen. Are we are we flowing here? And so for every faith journey, God is the initiator. We are not the initiator. If you must operate by faith in this dispensation, God must be the initiator. And it is very expensive to run a vision or to run a path God has not sent you. Because at the end of the day, you will just find yourself struggling. But the ones, the one he has called you into, then you know faith is what? It's experiential. Amen. So I'll go to... So, let me give you another example. God anointed somebody else as king and you desire to be a king. And maybe God designed you to be an engineer, for example. And now you are calling God to come and bless you as king when he already has a plan already. So, you coming in the way, you are trying to do what? Interfere with God's what? Perfect plan. Do we under, are we following here? So, there is no how God has designed you for something and has spoken his words to you that he would not give you his assistance. And so, all we need to do is discover what has God said. And, when, and this, the, the beautiful thing about God is it's not difficult to find what God is saying. It is very easy. God has not hidden his voice from us. He has kept his word for us. God is not hiding from us. He's everywhere. He's living inside of us. And the more we yield to him, the more we are sensitive to his word. He's always speaking. And so every time it looks like you can't hear God, the problem is not God. It is you. Let me give you an example. If in Russia, for example, we have different television stations, big television stations. If I own my TV now and I'm not watching um, telecanal number Adin, that's Russia number Adin, it's not their fault. It's whose fault? It's my fault. All I need to do is to what? Is to tune to that channel. Amen. Is anybody following? Yeah. So, my responsibility is to tune correctly because that station is on. God is not sleeping. So, whenever it looks like you can't hear God, check yourself. It's as though you've left the frequency. But when you return to the point of frequency, His voice becomes clear. It is possible to be in a place where God is speaking and few are hearing God and others are hearing thunder. It is very possible. Now, whose fault is it? It is you. You're not tuned. And so you're, you're hearing thunder. Everything is noise to you. But to another person, information is being passed across. And then I'll go to the next. There are two things in hearing God's voice, like two things I want us to note two important things had given us what they call the name um, a series beginning of this year is on the podcast you can go and um, check it out that is regarding hearing, um, hearing God's voice the first thing I want us to note is God is spirit 
If you must hear God's voice, you must understand God is spirit. God is not anything outside than being a spirit being. God is spirit. The second thing is that what? We are spirits. Amen. So, when we're created in the image of God and his likeness, we are created as what? A spirit. Amen. So, we are spirits. We have a soul and we're living in the mortal body. When we leave earth, we're living our, 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 our mortal body here. Because our body here is our visa here on earth. But we are spirits. Amen. And so, for us to interact with God is by what? Revelational information. Spiritual information. Amen. So, like a very clear example, when a lion is roaring, for example, to another lion, it is what? It, it is speaking. They are communicating. But to you, it is making noise. It is roaring. When a dog is barking, no matter how annoying it is, it is speaking. When you see two dogs, maybe you have your own dog, another person with his own dog there, and you see them barking at each other. There was one, little, one funny video I saw. And they're like, who are you? Like, who are you? And very, like, very, they are speaking. They are communicating with each other. And some, sometimes you think they want to fight. No, they just want to play. Amen. You say, and to you, you are angry. Why are they doing this kind of stuff? But give them one minute, they will become calm. Have you seen such before? Two dogs who don't know each other. To you, they want to fight. But they are talking. Say, oh boy, come here, come here, come here. <laughs> and that's what they are doing. But to you, they are fighting. Because you don't what? You don't understand them. So if you don't live in the spirit, it is difficult for you to hear God. So if you must hear God, you must be in the spirit always. So it is impossible for you to be in the spirit and not hear God. Amen. Now let me say something. First John chapter 4 verse 13. Say, and God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 to 12. Verse 9 is one of our favorite. And so many people here who can quote it. If there's anybody who cannot quote it, it's because maybe I've not started it. Do you know this scripture? Everybody knows it. These, well, I had not seen. Yes, I don't Neither has he come into the heart of any man. Those things God has prepared for those who are to love him. So we pray that, oh God, everything. Nobody has seen it before. Nobody has heard it. It is true. But then we, it should be very fatal if we stop here. Because this point, you know, go back to nine. Oh, you are on nine and ten. If we stop in nine, it is Old Testament. That's why it is written. But now in this new dispensation, it continued. And it says that what? That, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So the spirit of God is searching deep, 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 the deep things of God. And you begin to know what God has for now. And somebody's like, is it possible? It is possible for you to be in check every Every second to hear what God is saying. If you live by the Spirit always. And then we we'll go to verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? 
Even so, no one knows the deep things, the things of God, except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the Word, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. Now, by Spirit, we know the things that have been freely given. And now this is where faith begins. Receiving information of what God has given to you. Now, it is very, now when you are living in the spirit and you discover what he has given to you, now you know that you know that you know. Now you are intoxicated with truth. Because the creator of the heaven and earth has said that this is what he wants to do. So this, now we have moved from, we are no longer living in the sensual realm anymore. We are living in the, in the revelational realm that controls the physical. Is the one who collects those things which be not as though they were. And the result of that is what? Is the realization of those things which be not. Amen. And so, when you read Hebrews chapter 11, let's go to Hebrews 11. Let's um, read verse 1 to 3. Just project it. Oh Lord, I'm sweating. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand. Now look, through faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. That is, things which are seen, the things you can see now, they are not made of things we can see. They are made of things that we see inside. And that is real faith. And so, faith must be initiated by God. Faith is not saying... I want money. I believe it. Money come. No. That is not it. There is more. And sometimes the things God will tell you don't make sense to you. They never make sense to you. It's like, in short, it should not make sense to you. If it is God, it should not make literal sense to you. If you're going to compare it with the physical. Because those things, look, see what it says. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So, the, our experiences, if our experiences are determined by normal one plus one, then it's not faith. It's not God. Do you understand? But God walks outside the box, outside the physical box. Yet, those walkings control the physical, control our experiences for the time. Amen. So God always reveals himself to us, reveals what he wants to do. And that is where faith begins. What nobody has seen before. It is not you orchestrating like, oh, like, and I remember when I was very little, I, I have an immediate, immediate younger brother who will sit down or we'll begin to calculate how we we'll make it big. I mean, if when we lead to you, had such conversations, like, oh, then, like, you just, one, you'll be thinking of one mansion, one kind of lifestyle, all those things, blah, 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 blah. Just, down is from your head, it's just excitement. If, like, and the good thing about those things is, when you're not finished, you feel so good. And this didn't happen to anybody before. You feel so good. Because you begin to see yourself now, oh, my God. And then the reality does. You're back to reality. But that's, like, that is a good picture, but that, but there is something greater. 
when Joseph told his brothers that, ah, all of you bad before. It's not that kind of discussion. It's not like, let me use the word. It's not beer parlor discussion. Like, he saw something. And they know this guy always dream. And he saw something. Say, and they were envious. They were really angry. How do you mean? Who bowed down to him? And they did everything to him. And he was in the prison, but he held on to the word. And so, nobody could have imagined that Joseph would ever become prime minister. And you know what it means to be the prime minister? See, the king, let me just give England, for example. The queen is on the throne, but there is one person who controls government. So, the queen is just ceremonial position. Do you understand? But the prime minister is in charge of everything. If they go to United Nations, the queen's just ceremonial position. Doesn't control anything. Just ceremony. But the prime minister is in charge of governmental affairs. In a country where you have the king. Do you understand? But in a democratic system of govern, go, uh, governance, when you have the president, the president is in charge. Are, for example, this country, we have president, but we have the prime minister, but the president is in charge of everything. But any place you have a king... The prime minister is in charge of everything. Everybody answers to the prime minister. And Joseph, that boy, becoming the prime minister of a foreign nation, nobody could have imagined such. But it was initiated by what? By faith. What God had spoken. And it came into fulfillment. Let me go to, still on receiving from, his, um, from, from God, there are two things, two ways. I, I said um, I, I preached about the medium in January. I think January or February. January, it was in January. Um, but I'm just going to give us two today. Go to the podcast and be blessed by it. John chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. In the beginning was the word. The first one I'm talking about today is the written word of God. That is receiving, the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, that faith coming by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God, the word from God. And one of the ways to hear from God is by what? It's the written word. Now, that written word, the Bible says, the letter killeth, but it is the spirit that would give it life. There are people who read that word of God and they read it from a point of flesh and it becomes total confusion to them. An atheist, for example, know, a, a core atheist know a lot of scriptures in the Bible and so many things don't make sense to him because reading from a place from a place of death, not from a place of life. And so the word of God can never produce fruit for somebody like that. It can only produce fruit for somebody who has life inside of him. And so it is also possible for you to be out of the spirit, even as a spiritual being, and not really get much compared to somebody who is really active in the spirit. And so the written word is very important. In the beginning was the word, John 1, verse 1 to 5. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, that is Jesus. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. First John chapter 5, verse 7 says, um, Three things beareth witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Spirit. So the Word of God, the written Word of God, is consistent with the nature of God. And so every written Word of God with the breath of the Spirit upon it, that is God speaking. 
Like as I'm speaking right now, the Spirit of God is here. And the word is coming forth with power. It's bearing witness with your own spirit that this one is for you. This is what God is telling you. There are certain things that, has been, that have been addressed even as I read scriptures. They are, like I, I told us that there are many times I've been in meetings whereby the person who is preaching might be preaching on a different topic. But then he reads some scripture or he says some things and God is addressing something totally different. And who is at work that time is the spirit of God that is breathing upon that word. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 to 3. Arise, shine for the light, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. So that light is the word. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the, the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. And so if you must shine, if you must excel, you need the word of God. And that is why we must be close to the word of God. The second one, which I'll round off with, time has gone well is a prophetic word that has been spoken over your life. It's prophetic word. It could maybe through your pastor or through a prophet who is trusted. We have different dramatic people today. We don't know whether they are for us or they are even against us. Like through a trusted prophet or your pastor. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15 that and I will give you pastors after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and with what? Understanding. Hosea chapter 12 verse 10 it says, I have also spoken by the prophets and I have multiplied visions. I have given symbols that is similitudes through the witness of the prophets. Hosea 12 verse 13. By prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt and by prophet, it was preserved. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 20 to 21. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. And so, that's a prophetic word that has been spoken. Of. This is what is going to happen. Now, um, two weeks ago, I told us that when Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau was like, ah, father, like, just bless me. And the father was like, no, I've already released it already. I've released the word. Like, he knew he had blessed them in faith. And this blessing was irreversible. But he didn't just stop that. Remember, this is just the beginning. Because Jacob needed to live by faith. If he, like, remember his, how his father-in-law duped him so many times. Like, he faced a lot of struggles and everything. So, just the saying, the prophet saying, you are blessed. It doesn't just end there. So there are many people who they've blessed, but they are not seeing the blessing. It's because of what? They are not engaging other part of the faith. Amen. Is anybody flowing with me here? And so, it, their faith begins with the word. Acts of the apostles. Now, I've read a lot of Old Testament to us. <coughs> Acts of the apostles, chapter 9, verse 17 to 18, this New Testament. I'm going to say something. Um, it says, Ananias went his way and entered the house. Remember, this is about the story about Saul, that is um, Paul, who was Saul, and he encountered Jesus on his way to Damascus to persecute the people, and then he was blinded and everything. And then God revealed himself to Ananias and told him what to do. Now, this is what happened. Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came, 
has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received the sight at once, and he rose and was baptized. If you read preceding scriptures, you see the instruction God gave to him so that Saul, that is Paul, was to witness to three categories of people, to the Gentiles first, then to kings, and then to who? Then to the Jewish people. And so priority was what? Was placed on the Gentiles, and we saw the manifestation of that. There was no apostle who met, who encountered kings as much as Paul did. Because the mantle for that was upon him. There are people who, oh my God, who just want to be ministering to kings. Like somebody like uh, Miles Monroe, for example, was one somebody in that um, generation who president was like, not, not just having, but the president will call him. It's not as if he wants to see the president. No, the president will call him, please come and teach us. So many presidents, prime ministers, they say, come and teach us, come and show us. Because he had the grace in that particular area. And the same thing with the Apostle Paul. He had that grace and he was working in it. And this was as a result of what? Of somebody who had spoken over his life, who God instructed to speak over his life and to lay his hands on him. And so, don't take the prophetic words lightly. Yes, we are in a new dispensation, but God is still raising prophets. Genuine prophets. Like I said, there are a lot of dramas everywhere. Everybody these days seems to want to prophesy. People want to see things and say things and a lot of confusion. But one thing, if anybody is going to say anything about life, must be consistent with the reading word, written word of God. If it is not consistent with the written word of God, it's not God. All this, um, ah, don't want to say some things because they are nasty. It must be consistent with the written word of God. So, I'll just finish, you know, still on the prophetic. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13. Uh, he, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Amen. And um, regarding this um, dimension of prophetic um, atmosphere is very important. You see that with um, Isaac when he was going to bless Jacob. There's certain requirements. Not like, um, not literally requirements that go and bring this. Or no, 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 no. It's, I'll just call it honor. You can never be blessed by an anointing you don't honor. If, if it's impossible, if you must be blessed by an anointing, you must honor that anointing. And so this is atmosphere. It's not the one of, uh, you come to the person, I say, so, uh, it's God who is the blesser. It is not that person. And God knows everything. It's not the person. You are not even honoring that person. You are honoring God because God has placed that person as a point of contact. Let me use that word. And so if you are not going to honor the person, you are blessed. The person might be praying with you with all sweat. It's not going to work. Amen. So if that blessing must work, honoring that anointing is important. And last thing, I saw something on my Facebook. Yes, this is the last thing I'm going to say and then give us three counsels without scriptures um, because of time. Somebody posted something on Facebook. I saw it and then I laughed. 
It says, spiritual hierarchy has nothing to do with positions held in church or age. It's grace. I saw, as beautiful as this thing might sound, <laughs> that grace is looking for, that is uplifting somebody, is aimed, is aimed by what? Humility. Say, give it more grace to who? To the humble. And he resists the proud. You know, many of us young people, you know, we have more energy. The Bible speaks in Ecclesiastes. No, we have more energy. We can read. You see one Baba, maybe 80 years old, is even quoting scripture, is calling Psalm 23, and is reading John something. Andrea, you're laughing. <laughs> see, see this man, like, the power, like everything. But you don't play with such things. Like, yes, you are operating in a certain dimension of grace and everything, but it doesn't mean you will disregard the one who has come before you. Jesus never disregarded John the Baptist. He honored him. And so every time, like, God has placed somebody. Do you know David had the opportunity to kill Saul several times? But he did not. Because of what? Honor. Because of honor. And so, but Saul almost killed him. In short, Saul was after his life. And so I will tell you, like, this is a system in the kingdom of God. Any pastor anywhere, any priest anywhere or anything, they've done, they, if you cannot, if you know, maybe you're not comfortable with just leave, there is no need to say anything. Because you can never be blessed in such an atmosphere if you keep saying something against that person. And it happens everywhere. Everywhere in the world. Everywhere. It is a system in the kingdom of God. Amen. The last thing concerning David and Saul do you know the reason why David sinned so many times? Do you know? So many times, see that guy sinned so many times. But he did not touch any, he did not touch one thing. He did not dishonor Samuel. Saul did. That was his only offense. That was his first and only offense. No other thing. Because, like, this is something. The one who anointed you is supposed to do this. And then you are like, ah, let's, just, let's run this thing. That is dishonor. And Samuel was so angry. And it came with a curse that made him lose his throne. But David, he honored even the same Saul because he knew this person has gone before him. So for every time, honor is a system in the kingdom of God. And so every word that is being spoken by anyone above you, be it your parents. Your parents might not have really use Ferrari or everything. They might not, why does it mean you disregard them or anything? They don't have money to give to you, right? That doesn't mean you would disregard them. You honor them. God, it is a system. That person you think does not have anything, if that person pronounces a blessing over you, if you honor that person, it's going to work for you. They are, you see all these old women. They are already old and everything. You help them and they begin to bless you. Accept the blessing. Don't be saying that, ah, ah what can come out from this one? Ah! Riches, everything will come out from that person. So that is the, the three counsels. First, live in the spirit. Take the written word of God seriously. Take prophetic words from trusted sources seriously. Can we be on our feet in the name of Jesus?